0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person, so we'd love to have you gather with us, 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Yukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in, now let's dive into our message. There's a statement in our culture, maybe you've heard it or shared it, someone shared it with you, maybe you've even said it. And there's a few variations of it, but it goes something like this. Everybody you meet is fighting a battle. So be kind, because kindness is what the world needs now. And I'm believing that that is what the world needs right now. We're in the middle of this conversation called What the World Needs Now. And I'm so glad that you're joining us. If this is your first time, my name is Mike. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening. And Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how the people of God need to be filled with the Spirit of God to tell the story of God to the world. And a part of that story is kindness. It's a byproduct of the Spirit of God. In fact, one writer says that here's what the world needs now. Here's what God brings from you and from me. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And these aren't things that you and I produce. It's not under our own strength. We don't flex on our own talents and our abilities in this moment. What this actually is telling us is that this is what God does first in us and then produces through us. It's that transformation moment. It's that I trust in Jesus. He gives me all of who he is in spirit inside of me moment. And what we discover is that all of those things is what the world needs now, And if we're going to bring to the world what they need right now, it's, it's the story of God. Christine Kane actually just this week talked about this very idea. And she said something really remarkable that I want to share with you. She said that our, that our Christianity, that our faith has to be lived inside out. And whoever I come in contact with, I want them to see that what's coming out of me is actually something that God has placed inside of me. And I want them to be compelled to ask the question, where did that come from? Because it's so irresistible. And you know what would be irresistible in our world right now? Kindness, right? Kindness is what our world needs right now. We talked about kindness at Active just a month or two ago in a conversation about relationships. If you missed it, we we talked about kindness in, in three specific ways. We talked about how kindness is loaning your strength to another person. We talked about how kindness is love's response to weakness. And the main focus was that kindness is something that you do. It has more to do with them than it has to do with you. Kindness is the characteristics of your life coming out of you in action and influencing the lives around you. Truth is, we could define kindness in 15 to 16 different ways today. And so here's what I want to do. I don't want to be ambiguous about this. I want to give you some boundaries and and some perspectives. I want to paint a picture of kindness for you that you and I can understand. And so I want to talk about kindness in the context of something that you and I long for. And that's friendship, right? The best way to understand kindness is through the lens of friendship. The best way to express kindness is in the context of friendship. Because kindness in friendship, it actually brings deep connection. Kindness and friendship actually allows us to be authentic, which brings about a real relationship, which brings about genuineness. It's all of the things that we want. And truth is, it's what the world needs now. So can we talk for the next few minutes about the kind of friend you are and the kind of friend that I am and how kindness can influence and shape the kinds of friends that we're going to become? Because Kindness is what the world needs now. Let's talk about it for a minute. And and let's start with this. I think a lot of us struggle with friendships. I think a lot of us aren't sure if we have true friends. Do you remember when you were a kid and how easy it was to be friends? Like you could walk up to somebody in the playground or on the sandbox and you could say, Hey, you want to be friends? And they would go, yes. And then you were friends, right? It was like, you've known each other since you were born. Suddenly you're friends. There's this purity about that relationship. There's Innocence in that relationship. And you know, what's different between kids and adults and their friendships? Adults have learned how to be (laughs) self-conscious. Adults have learned how to be insecure. Adults have learned how to be weird and awkward. Kids haven't, right? Hey, you want to be friends? Like imagine doing that at the grocery store with somebody that you don't know as an adult. Hey, you want to be friends? It would be weird, right? Because adults are weird, but kids, they have this purity and this innocence. Like I long for friendships that are pure and that are innocent and that are genuine and that are good. Right? And when I say that adults are weird and we have this self-conscious feeling about ourselves, we're insecure. I don't mean to dismiss what we've been through because I know that a lot of what we've been through influences our friendships. Like you might have some trauma, right? You might have some issues. I might have some trauma. I might have some issues, how we've been treated shapes, how we interact with each other. But I'm believing that today's conversation can actually help us to be better friends with each other and with the world around us. I'm believing that today's conversation can help us to be kind friends because kindness and friendship is what the world needs now. And I'm, and I'm not talking about friends like social media friends. Like, there's some value there. I, I love social media. I know a lot of us struggle with it, right? Like I love social media because you can connect with people. But here's, here's the thing I want to be clear about. Those people on social media that follow you, that you're friends with that like, comment and share, they may not necessarily be true friends and I don't want to judge them and I don't want to judge you and I don't want to be the judge of myself, but here's the reality. Like all they're doing is liking and commenting and reacting to what it is that you post. And And I think we long for deep, meaningful friendships because look at our social media posts, we'll post a picture and then under the caption, we'll be very vulnerable, which is good will be very personal, which is also good. And then people will go, hey, that's great. Or like, or heart, right? Like, or care is now on Facebook. And, and th- those things are great, but there's not any deep, meaningful interaction there. It's, it's very surfacey. It doesn't do anything for your soul. And I think what social media has shown us is that we long for deep, meaningful friendships. And that's why kindness is so important in our relationships, like, listen, True friendship, it takes the kindness of God through the power of God. And if we wanna get below the surface into the soul, we're gonna need the power of God to do that. And so today I wanna to talk about two things. I wanna talk about two keys to real, genuine, kind friendships. And then I wanna talk about how we can apply that in three ways, all right? But before we do that, can I just be honest with you? I am not very good at friendship. And here's why. I personally keep people at an arm's length. I know that about me. My wife knows that about me. Those that are actually friends that I've allowed into my inner circle, they know that about me. A part of it is is just because I'm an adult, I'm I'm weird, right? I'm I'm self-conscious, I'm insecure. But a part of it is is because of my past and because of how I've been treated in the past, and maybe you can totally relate to that. I think a lot of us, we keep people at at, at about an arm's length. And because of that, I was recently asked by a, a great friend a great mentor of mine, about my friend circle. I'm like, who do I go to and who do I talk to? And obviously my wife is involved in that. She's a part of that. She's my number one. But they were looking for more like, who, who's after your wife? Like, who's in that circle of friends? And so I began to name some people and I began to share why. And they said, that, that's great. I believe you, but I want to ask you a question that will really help shape who those true, genuine friends are. And the question they asked me messed with me. So I'm gonna ask you the same question, all right? So here's the question that they asked me. They said, Mike, who has the ability to hurt you? With their words, with their actions, they're so close to you that they could actually harm you. They, They don't want to, they're helping you, but they're so close to you, they're so intimate to your story that they could actually do some damage to you if they chose to do that. Who has the ability to hurt you? You know what they did? It took my friends list from just a list of people to asking the question is, is there anybody on my list? Let me ask you who has the ability to hurt you? Like who's so close to you that their words and their actions can actually can harm you. And again, that might sound a bit strange. They don't want to harm you, right? They want to help you. But when we know that we have true, genuine, close friends, they do have that ability to hurt you and harm you with the way that they behave and the way that they speak. And that's why kindness is so important in the context of friendship. You know, God is wired, you and I, for deep, meaningful friendships. Solomon was one of the wisest men to ever live. And he write, writes the document Proverbs in the scriptures. And so throughout this conversation with you, I'm going to share, share some nuggets from Proverbs that he drops on us about friendships. And one of the things he says in Proverbs 24 is that a man of many companions comes to ruin. Like How many people do we see on social media with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of followers, and yet their lives are a mess, right? Their followers do not dictate that their life is going to be great. It actually might influence them to pretend that things are great so that they don't lose followers. But Solomon says in Proverbs, a man of many companions comes to ruin. But a friend, who, a friend is someone who sticks closer than a brother like who is there and is involved and is with you through the good and the bad, the the fun and the difficult. There's a great example in the scriptures of deep, meaningful, kind friendship with David and Jonathan. David was the one that fought Goliath. He was the king of Israel and Jonathan was the son of the first king of Israel and they became friends in amongst a lot of chaos. And the writer Samuel in the document 1 Samuel says that there was an immediate bond between David And Jonathan and Jonathan, Jonathan loved David and Jonathan made a solemn pact with David to protect him and do life with him and be in this thing with him for the long haul because he loved him as he loved himself. I wonder if that's possible for us today, or I wonder if we think that that's possible for us today, because I know that it's possible, but I wonder if we think that that's possible for us today. I, I wonder if we are willing to step into friendships like that today. I think a lot of our friendships, maybe most of our friendships start with commonality. Like you and I find common ground and then we start interacting with each other because we have common ground. Author Ralph Waldo Emerson says that, that friends don't ask, do you love me? They ask, do you see the same truth as I do? Like most friendships start with, oh, you too? Like, oh, you drive a Honda? (laughs) Oh, you have a lot of kids. Your kids drive you nuts too? Oh, you've been married this long or you've been dating that long or oh, you come from that city or that state or oh, you have that background? Oh, you know them? Oh, you too. Most of our friendships start there and the reason why that's so important is because commonality actually sparks connection. But but hear me when I say this. Friendships start there but they can't stay there. They can start with commonality but they can't just just be maintained with commonality. Friendships are meant to be discovered. I mentioned I mentioned Solomon. He drops some great friendship nuggets in Proverbs. Another nugget he drops is the wise counsel of a friend is pleasant and sweet. Because friendships are meant to be discovered, here's the thing that we discover when we actually start to trust one another. That there is actually some good wisdom and some good life experience that the people that we trust can share with us and help us to get from here to there but here's the thing about trust it takes time right like we don't trust each other immediately we're learning to trust each other and we never actually reach the pinnacle of trust we're always growing in that and that's why he says the wise counsel of a friend is pleasant and sweet he's discovering like hey where, where's that wonderful smell coming from where's that wonderful taste coming from you ever been around a baker who is taste testing the batter to make sure that it's going to be good and they add a little bit more salt, maybe a little bit more sugar, maybe a little bit more flour. You and I, we do this with our coffee. Now, full disclosure, I'm not a, I'm not a coffee drinker. My wife is, but isn't it true that we like our coffee a certain way and it's taken some time to get there? Like there's there's just um, this amount of cream and, and just that amount of, of sugar is good. And this is why I like Dunkin' coffee and not Starbucks coffee. Or this is why I like Dutch Brothers and not Queen Bean. And, and no offense to those, those places, they're all great. But I think that's one of the reasons why we go to the places we go to because their, their cream is good or they put just enough sugar in it. My, my wife has taught me that. I brought her coffee just the other day and she looked at it. I put cream and sugar in it because that's what she likes. She looked at it and she knew that it was wrong. She knew the color that the coffee was was wrong. Wasn't enough cream So I had to go back and put a little bit more she knows because she's discovered how sweet and how Tasty it is when she puts this amount of sugar and this amount of cream in it all that to say This is what Solomon is saying about friendship The wise counsel of a friend is pleasant and sweet and it takes time. This is why commonality can't be the only reason why we're friends This is why common ground can't be the reason why we sustain friendship because it will not sustain friendship. Agreeing on everything isn't deep, it's shallow. And eventually you're going to get frustrated with somebody because you're going to find that you don't agree on everything. Even if you agree on politics and religion and ideologies and all of those things, if you agree on most of it, there's going to be a moment where you don't agree. And that's why commonality isn't going to sustain your friendship. It has to be discovered. You have to dig deeper. And so what is friendship built on? Well, lucky for us, Jesus talks about it in John chapter 15, actually. And so if you have a Bible or the Bible app, would you turn there? And as you're turning there, let me set the scene for you. Jesus actually shares some really significant things. It's where we get the two keys for true friendship. In this conversation, Jesus starts with something very familiar, an image that we've talked about at active. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He he starts with commonality. He starts by unifying us. Hey, together we're going to do something great because I am God in the flesh and I've come to redeem and rescue and restore. And I'm inviting you into that story. That's why we believe you can tell a better story, but he doesn't stay there. Later on, he actually brings up something really remarkable and and spoiler alert. The remarkable thing he brings up is this. He says to his first disciples, the first followers, the first listeners, he says, "I, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. And it's remarkable that he says that, and we'll talk about that. But here's here's the full context of of what he says, and in it, we get the first key to true meaningful friendship. He says this in John chapter 15, starting in verse 9. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus gives us some great words there, and in it is the first key to true, meaningful friendship. Remember, kindness in the context of friendship is is where it's best expressed, and that's what the world needs now. And we get there when we actually start to live in the rhythm of Jesus through the power of God. And Jesus says, here is the first key to true, real, authentic, kind friendship. You ready? Sacrificial loyalty. Sacrificial loyalty is the first key to true, meaningful friendship. It's loyalty that gets you past the surface and to the soul. It's loyalty that moves past the list of friends on social media and actually begins to think about, do I actually have any true friends? Loyalty chooses to remain. That's why Jesus uses that word. It's sticking with it. It's commitment no matter what. It's I'm in this thing for the long haul. Here's the truth. This is rare in our world, right? Because when we get uncomfortable, we run as fast as we can because we don't want to have to deal with the weirdness of what is about to happen or the strangeness or the what we're not used to comfort is coming our way and it's uncomfortable, right? And this is why sacrificial loyalty is so important. What Jesus does is he actually models this for us. He remains with us in our mess while we were still sinners. Jesus Christ died for you and for me. Solomon talks about this in Proverbs. He says in Proverbs 17, seven, a friend loves at all times, a brother and a sister is born for time of adversity. That's why we need friends. He continues. And he says in chapter 18, the one who has unreliable friends comes to ruin, but there's a, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I've experienced this in my life. I hope you have. Even recently I've experienced this. I went to lunch a couple of months ago with a friend and the lunch didn't go well. I wasn't expecting the conversation that I was receiving. I thought it was just going to be a great lunch connecting with a friend who's been a great encourager to me over the last few years. And the conversation literally turned a corner that I wasn't expecting or anticipating and it was heartbreaking. It was devastating. And at the end of that conversation, I, I realized that our friendship is going to be either at a distance or over. And, and I was, I was sad and it wasn't by my choice, but I could tell that the friend was wanting to move away from me. And so I drove back to Active Church Yucaipa where our offices are. And I walked into the office and I, I want you to know, I work with the best team of people. And one of those people, you know, really well, Pastor Joe, So I I walked into the office and and there he was sitting there. And so I I was going to be appropriate. I was going to be mature. I was going to be the boss. I was going to be Pastor Mike. And so I walked in and he goes, hey, how was lunch? And I couldn't even get words out. I just emotionally responded. And so Joe got up, he, he closed the door and he sat back down and he goes, what happened? And so I shared with him in a little bit more detail of what I just shared with you. And, and what he said next was so important to me and it was so powerful for my story and it was, it was something I want to encourage you with. This is, what, this is what sacrificial loyalty looks like. Joe could have said, oh, that, that, that friend is a jerk. Like it's garbage, they're lying, you're good. He didn't ask that question. He asked me this question. Mike, is is any of it, is any of it true? And you know what that did? It caused me, to think about like maybe there is something I can learn in this. Maybe there is something I can grow from this. Perhaps I didn't do anything wrong, but maybe there's some wisdom in amongst all of this chaos. Listen, sacrificial loyalty, it doesn't play. It points you to purpose, right? And that's what my friend did. That's what our pastor Joe did. He helped me to find the purpose in this conversation. And maybe there wasn't a purpose, maybe it was just chaos. And I know because he's my friend, he wanted to say that guy's a jerk, that situation's bogus. I know he wanted to say all of those those things, but he didn't because he wants me to be better. He wants me to tell a better story. That's what sacrificial loyalty looks like. That's what Jesus has done for us. And that's the first key to true meaningful friendship. Second key is found as Jesus keeps going, verse 14, he says, you're my friends if you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. I, because servants don't know their master's business. I instead call you friends for everything I have learned from my father I've made known to you. So the second key to true meaningful friendship is vulnerable transparency. There is nothing off limits. You get to see the good and the bad. You get to see the closeness of my heart and soul. You get access to me, it's like going outside without makeup on. For some of you, no big deal. For others, very big deal, right? It's like going outside with your hair a mess or your your teeth not brushed or, or whatever it might be that would make you a bit uncomfortable. It's inviting people close and they can ask anything. Remember Solomon who drops these friendship nuggets? He says in Proverbs 27 that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, what he's saying here is honest and vulnerable conversations with a friend shaped by kindness are helpful and hopeful for you and for me. He he continues and he says, iron is made sharp with iron and one man is made sharp by a friend. And that's why vulnerability is so, so important because vulnerability says, here's, here's the real me and a friend, a friend is vulnerable and transparent with another friend. That's why kindness needs to be involved. That's, why the, that's what the world needs now. And here's the thing, this is modeled to us by, by God. The Psalmist says in Psalms 25 that the Lord confides in those who fear him. Fear being awe, respect, honor, knowing who he is and knowing who we are. And he makes his covenant known to them. The covenant that he's talking about here is the promises of God fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus. Here's what I don't want you to miss. Jesus said it and the Psalmist said it, that God sees us as his friends because we know his business. We get to see the heart of God. We get to hear what's on the mind of God. We get to know the purposes of God. You and I get to know that. Like, I get to know that. Mike Frisch, who was born in California, who was born in a small town called Yucaipa, I get to know what God is up to. You get to know what God is up to. Like, people in Yucaipa and Sacramento and Los Angeles and even Barstow, they get to know what God is up to. People in Cala and Riverside and people in Highland and people in New York and people in Rhode Island and people across the world. They get to know the heart and the mind of God. And Jesus goes, and here's how you know you get to know that, because you are my friends. You are not just my servants. Jesus doesn't ask us to get on our knees and serve him. Jesus is already on his knees serving others and he invites us to do the same thing. That's the purpose of God. That's why he came, that's why Jesus existed. And this is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit because that's not natural and I get that vulnerable transparency, even sacrificial loyalty is, is risky, which is why I wanted to talk about you as a friend, because you're going to have to make the first move. It's going to be up to you to do it, which is why you need the power of God inside of you. But here's why it's so important. There are places in your life where you won't grow. If you don't have a friend and what you'll find is that sacrificial loyalty and vulnerable transparency will allow you to be a friend that will never let them down, never give them up, never run around and hurt them. They'll never make them cry, never say goodbye. Does that sound familiar? That great theologian Rick Astley sang that song, you just got Rickrolled, right? Like, but there's some truth in that, right? That, that a good friend, a true friend, a friend who is kind is always going to do what is best for the one that they're in relationship with because that's what God has modeled for you. I know we struggle with friendships. And so as we're wrestling through this, could I, could I give you some things to think about? First thing I wanna invite you to think about is a question. Ask yourself this question. If you're struggling in friendships, are, are you seeking friendship or are you networking? Are you seeking friendships or are you networking? Here's the difference. Networking is advancing your brand, which isn't bad, which isn't bad, but networking is advancing your brand. You're wanting to grow the brand, your business, who you are. Friendship is advocating for your soul. So, so are you networking or are you seeking friendship? There's a, there's a big difference and you might struggle in friendship because maybe you spend a lot of time networking and not advocating for your soul in friendship. That might be one of the main reasons why you're struggling. If you're struggling in friendship, could I give you three ways forward? If we're going to talk about kindness and friendship, and it's what the world needs now, here's how it shapes us. All of what we talked about, the two keys to friendship, talking about kindness and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's, here's three ways forward. You can do one of three, you can do all three, you can do none of three, but these things, I think are so important in our relationships and in building friendship. You ready? First thing. I think we can apply it this way. First, kindness is choosing to bring friendship back to the center of our relationship with people that are different than us. Now, I know in the last year, especially, We've been told and taught and we've been pushed and pulled in the direction of you should be friends with people who are not like you. People of different races and nationalities and skin colors and ethnicities. And it's almost been forced down our throat through social media and the news and even at church. Right? And I think all of us are like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't want to live a life where I'm a racist or I'm prejudiced. I, I get it. But, but the thing that I want you to know is that when you're a part of the kingdom of God and you trust in Jesus, you don't say things like, I get it. You say things like, I get to, because your heart's changed. Like you're not having to be told to be friends with people who are different than you because you had a God who has modeled that for you. And our response to the kingdom of God is to go, who is in front of me and around me? Who's my neighbor? Who's next to me? Who do I love? Who do I need to learn to love? I want to be interacting with them. I want to be a part of their story. A theologian, D.A. Carson talks about this and he said this and it's pretty powerful. Listen to these words. He said the church is not made up of natural friends. The church is made up of natural enemies. Maybe that's why we've struggled in church, right? What binds us together is not common education or race or income levels or politics or nationalities or accents or jobs or any of that. Christians come together, lean forward, pay attention, turn the volume up. Christians come together, not because they form a natural collocation but because they've all been saved by Jesus Christ and they have a common allegiance to him. We are a band of natural enemies who love one another for the sake of Jesus. Christian love is mutual love between social incompatibles. Friends, this is why we believe you can tell a better story no matter who you are, where you come from, no matter what you've done. And we say that phrase often and here's what I I know about that phrase. It's powerful, but it can be a bit ambiguous, right? So that's why starting in July four Wednesday nights, starting in July, July 14th at 630 active church, Ukaipa, we're launching something called heart for the house. And we're going to talk about what it means to tell a better story, not in the boundaries of whatever you create, but in the boundaries of what Jesus has modeled for us in his life and in his words and in his actions, we're going to talk about what it means to tell a better story. And I want to invite you to come and be a part of that because we believe you can tell a better story. Listen, kindness is choosing. To bring friendship back to the center of our relationship with people that are different than us second application kindness is choosing to bring friendship back to the center of our relationship with men and women you know what's you know what's so difficult and things haven't changed but it just seems like it seems like we know about it more or maybe it is actually getting worse but you know what's so difficult about our world today is is how men treat and view women and and honestly how women treat and view men and and maybe perhaps it's the men's fault. Let's say that it is right. I'm a man. I'm going to admit that often what we talk about with relationships of different genders, men and women is We talk about how one has taken advantage of the other, how manipulation has led the way, how there's the sexual tension, all of that. I think what kindness does is it allows us to be friends with the opposite gender and they can be healthy and holy because God is present in that. We can be friends with the opposite gender and our spouses or our significant others don't have to be jealous because we're treating them with kindness and they're treating us with kindness and we're being appropriate and we're being holy and we're, we're being held accountable. But the truth is, is that we're not looking to get anything. We're not networking, we're actually advocating for one another's soul. And that's what kindness does because that's what Jesus does. Third application. Kindness is choosing to bring friendship back to the center of your relationship with God. This isn't just that God's your buddy. (laughs) This is that God is your friend. God sees you as a friend. And Jesus modeled this. Jesus spoke about this. This is why we know that this is who God is because Jesus Jesus displayed this. He came to communicate and demonstrate what God is like. And so we know that that God is loyal because Jesus is loyal. And we know that God is sacrificial because Jesus laid his life down for us. And we know that God is our friend because Jesus calls us friends. He modeled sacrificial loyalty and he modeled vulnerable transparency. And he summarized it with these words at the end of the conversation in John chapter 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Friendship is the best place for kindness to be expressed. Friendship is the best place for us to experience the love and the grace and the power of God. Author Bob Goff puts it this way, God doesn't pass us notes. God gives us friends. And that's why friendship is so important for you and for me. And that's why we get to decide today what kind of friend we want to be. And my invitation to you is to be a friend that expresses kindness, because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you and in in working around you, and in your relationships and in your life. And listen, if if you struggle with friendship, start by embracing that Jesus is your friend. Because he said, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. Could I I just pray some words over you? Could I pray some, some powerful friendship words over you? as we prepare to be better friends, to tell better stories and to bring kindness to the world, because that's what the world needs now. Would you, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have incredible opportunity in front of us, but it's not an opportunity that we are obligated to do ourselves. It's an opportunity that you have created for us. And so may we step into this next moment, this next day, this next season and be a friend that is expressing kindness because the power of God is within us and that's where kindness comes from. It's a byproduct of you, God. I pray that sacrificial loyalty would lead the way, that vulnerable transparency would be a non-negotiable and that we would bring friendship back to the center of our relationship with those that are different than us, those of an opposite gender of us and we would bring friendship back to the center of our relationship with you. So I pray for those that need to trust in you today, that they would just say, Jesus, I trust you. Or I trust you again. And for those that have been following you for a while, I pray that they would recommit and be passionate about being a friend that expresses kindness to the world because that is what the world needs right now. And we pray all of these things because of Jesus and it's in the name of Jesus. And together we say amen and amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.